Ahead of the 2022 NFL season, what are the biggest strengths and weaknesses of this Denver Broncos football team? As they prepare for training camp at the end of July, there are a lot of storylines that we'll be following and monitoring all throughout the NFL regular season. You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Happy Thursday. Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior Broncos Analyst at Mile High Sports, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bedger. He's the site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Broncos country, thank you so much for once again making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, free and available everywhere. You get your podcast in audio format, and if you watch us on YouTube, we appreciate you so much. Do us a favor, hit that like or that subscribe button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. We have you covered. And on today's episode of the show, we are diving into the biggest strengths and biggest weaknesses of this Broncos football team. Sarah, you know, we kind of stuck to six total topics all together here. Three strengths, three weaknesses, and I think all of them are very valid. I think so, too, you know, and the great news is for anybody that's listening to this, just know it was a little bit difficult to come up with weaknesses. I mean, just in general, you know, you look at this roster, you look at the team overall, like we talked about all offseason, the vibes in Broncos country right now are very, very good. And for a lot of good reasons, right? It's not just, hey, we're looking at everything with orange glasses or whatever people like to say. We're not drinking the orange Kool-Aid. Things are really genuinely they've they've taken a turn for the better in the mile high city for this football team and I think definitely the excitement is ramping up justifiably so and this team definitely has plenty of strengths that we could unpack and thankfully very few weaknesses that we need to kind of stretch thin. Well, you know, let's start things off on this show here today. It's a beautiful day all across Broncos country. Let's focus on the strengths. We're going to focus on three strengths through this segment, next segment. Then we'll get into some of the weaknesses a little bit later on here in the show. I would say starting things off here, the most notable strength so far, I think the Broncos roster depth as it stands going into training camp, going into the season. I mean, you look across the board on the offensive side of the ball, a ton of skill players, a ton of talent, some question marks in some positions, which we'll get to a little bit later on here in the show. But then you also have Russell Wilson. And you have a lot of excitement, a lot of potential there. You look at the defensive side of the ball. You're returning a lot of the key guys from last season that were impact players for a very good defense. One of the top defenses in the National Football League. Now you have a brand new defensive play caller. But I look at this team's roster depth, Sarah, at cornerback, at wide receiver, safety, defensive line, edge rusher even. And I think, you know what, the Broncos have a very good problem. They have a lot of talented guys to have to pick and choose from. They do. Roster depth, we know that's going to be critical over the course of any season. And just like we've seen since even dating back to when the Broncos won Super Bowl 50 in previous years, things like that, like the deepest roster and the healthiest team typically is the one that's the last one standing in the very end. Right. And the Los Angeles Rams are great proof of that last year. Of course, they lost Odell Beckham in the Super Bowl. But leading up to that point, I mean, they were mostly healthy for the entire year. And you keep a core of players that talented 
intact and able to play the majority of your games, you're going to win a lot of football games in the NFL. And so I think that's key for the Denver Broncos. But not only that, you got to have a deep roster. you got to be able to rotate guys in. We've talked about, like you mentioned, the edge rushers. And we talked about how George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett, you know, they want to send waves of pass rushers. And, and I think you can do the same at a variety of different positions. Just imagine the Broncos wide receiver group and the offensive skill players in general, the waves, quote unquote, or so to speak, that they'll be able to send at teams with different variety of skill sets at those positions. You've got obviously the the ability to pound the rock with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams and really bring that 12 personnel if you want to. Or what you could do is throw four wide receivers out there and see if how, how are you going to cover Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler if they're all on the field at the same time. So it's going to be fascinating to see that roster depth is going to come in handy over the course of the season. We know the war on attrition is real in the NFL. You've got to be deep. You've got to even have a really good practice squad because a lot of times those guys are going to play. Thankfully, the Broncos are very good in this regard. Well, you mentioned it as well with the injuries. And George Payton, I think, has made it an emphasis since becoming the general manager of acquiring depth, not just good starters, but depth behind those starters. It's evident right now when you look at the roster construction that Denver currently has. But let's get to the second strength here. And I think this is this could be number one here. Having a franchise quarterback, Russell Wilson is now the franchise quarterback here for this Broncos football team. This was an area last year that was a significant weakness for him. They didn't have a franchise quarterback. They didn't have a quarterback that was going to take them to the next level. Now they have a quarterback who has all the tools to make that possible with Russell Wilson. Yeah. And last year at this time, like we didn't even know who that quarterback was going to be. Right. It's kind of crazy to look back and think how much things have changed over the last two years. But man, for the Denver Broncos to finally have a franchise quarterback in place, this is the number one reason why everybody in Broncos country should be excited. You finally got a guy that not only has been an MVP candidate, not only has been all pro pro bowl, all these other accolades that Russell Wilson has racked up throughout the course of his career, Walter Payton, man of the year type guy. You have a guy that now has taken you out of QB purgatory. And a lot of teams, they they travel around in QB purgatory for a lot longer than the Denver Broncos have. Let's be, let's be real about that. It's been six years for the Broncos. It's been how many years for teams like the Cleveland Browns or you know other teams like that, the Jacksonville Jaguars even. I mean, you could go down through a list of teams. The Broncos haven't been in QB purgatory for that long. And, and it's it's finally time. It feels like it's been 60 years, not just six years. I, Super Bowl 50 might as well have been a different lifetime ago. So to have Russell Wilson in place right now, it's not just a breath of fresh air. It's not just a, a, a change of culture in the locker room on the field. It's a complete reset and resurrection of expectations in the mile high city. Now we're no longer arguing over what could, could Teddy Bridgewater potentially play the best he's ever played and lead the Broncos just to the playoffs. The conversation has shifted to now you are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. How are you going to get through the gauntlet of the AFC West? You've got a guy that can now be the tide that raises all boats. I'm going to continue to say that that's who Russell Wilson is. Well, and I think for the Broncos, it's a breath of fresh air to have a guy like that that kind of alleviates the concern going into the season. I mean, we're going into training camp with no questions whatsoever at quarterback, which seems like the first time in forever, sir, since we've been able to say this with solidarity. Russell Wilson is the guy. Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get to our final strength, and we're going to begin our weaknesses of this Broncos football team. When we look at the defense, do they land on the strength or the weakness side of things? We get to that coming up here 
in just a moment. But let me tell you about Built Bar, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And as you know, folks, Built Bar has brought back the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. Now, it used to be the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but now it is the coconut brownie chunk Puff Bill Bar, marshmallow flavor covered with coconut brownie chunk, all in one jam-packed bar there. It is fantastic. Tastes amazing. And I like the puff texture with it to accompany that sweet brownie and coconut taste. And you can try yours today, or you can try the nine amazing original flavors at Built.com here today. The thing I love about Built Bar is not only do they taste like a candy bar, they're covered in 100% milk chocolate, but they're also healthy for you as well. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. And I want you to try yours here today, whether it's your first order, whether it's a recurring monthly order, go to built.com. Make sure you use promo code LOCK15 at checkout, and that's going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com. As we continue on with our strengths and weaknesses of this Denver Broncos football team heading into the 2022 NFL season, real quick, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in once again here to the Lockdown Broncos Pockets. Whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or whether you're watching us on YouTube, it means the world to us that you make us your first listen of the day, that you take time to listen to us talk all things orange and blue. We appreciate you so much. A mile high salute to everybody in Broncos country. Sarah, let's continue on with our conversation here today. We have one more strength of this Broncos team that you and I picked together and we highlighted. And Broncos country, we are eager to hear what strengths and weaknesses you believe. So make sure you drop them in the YouTube comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. But Sarah, I think when we close out this strengths portion here, looking at three strengths, three weaknesses, the strength has to be with this Broncos defense. I mean, when you look at it all across the board on paper right now, the Broncos have a top-tier defense. They were a top defense last year in the NFL. Yes, they had Vic Fangio as the defensive play caller. He's gone. His system remains intact, but it's a new defensive play caller. And Ajiro Evro coming over from the Los Angeles Rams. But, man, I just look at all the skill players. I look at all the depth that the Broncos have, some of the big-name additions that they brought in through NFL free agency or already on the roster coming back from injury. Or we also look at the NFL draft, and I think to myself – on paper, at least, this defense appears to be top tier. Do you agree? Do you disagree? I agree with you. And I think George Payton has really been able to accomplish in a short amount of time something that he really talked about and emphasized a lot early on when he first became the general manager. You know, he he wanted to improve the team's speed in a big way. And I think over the course of the last, I don't know, what's the exact amount of, of time, a, a year and six months roughly, that George Payton has been on the job for the Denver Broncos as general manager. He's done an exceptional job at improving the team speed on that side of the ball in particular, but really overall. And it's specifically defensively, you look at how this team, they're, they're going to be able to play very fast in 2022 at every single level. You look at how this squad is built from the from the defensive line on the trenches. You've got DJ and Draymond Jones on the defensive line who are very quick off the ball. And then off the edge, you've got Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb who can obviously win with speed, power, length, a different combination of skills there. And then Baron Browning, who who could be, like we talked about, a breakout player this season for the Denver Broncos, maybe playing a hybrid role, maybe mostly playing on the edge, maybe dropping into coverage a little bit. We'll see what the future holds for him. But we think he's one of the best, at least I do think he's one of the best 11 defenders on this Broncos team. We'll see how they deploy him. But he's got big-time speed. Then you got Jonas Griffith, another freak athlete. The defensive backfield, 
Patrick Sertan, what did he run? 30 miles an hour on his pick six last year? <laughs> All kidding aside, one of the three fastest plays of any ball carrier in the NFL last season. Then you got Ronald Darby, who might be the fastest guy on the defense, which is crazy. So I think definitely the Broncos are going to be able to play way faster in 2022 defensively. And we already saw that that was a top five, top 10 unit for most of Vic Fangio's tenure. I think they're going to be even better this season. Well, we highlighted the strengths of this Broncos football team. Now we have to get into the weaknesses, at least going into the season. And these are things that we're hoping get answered as strengths. But coming into it, it's right to perceive some of these as weaknesses. And first off, I think a lot of people will pinpoint that the Broncos coaching staff all across the board, when you look at them, very inexperienced when we talk about length in the NFL. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's been around for a while, but we're talking about experience in major positions. We're talking about when you look at head coaches, Nathaniel Hackett is a first-year head coach, and he'll be calling the Broncos offensive plays. Realistically, you also look at Justin Outen, who's realistically a first year play caller even though he's not going to be calling the place he's listed as the offensive coordinator it's a first year first everything for him you look at defensive coordinator with Ezero Everill this is the first time he's ever been a defensive play caller even though he's been in the NFL for well over a decade so for me I look at this coaching staff and their experience in these positions and a lot of people will say okay hey you know what this may be an area of weakness for them and that's been some of the talking points we've seen so far in the offseason but I do want to make reference of something here Sarah because I think this does get overlooked as the NFL transitions, I mean, with the whole Sean McVay's, the younger head coaches, the play callers, things like that, everyone wants to go with that. The Broncos last season, for the last two years, actually, with Vic Fangio and his staff, they had the most overall experience amongst coaches across the entire NFL on one staff. And look how that turned out for the Broncos. It didn't lead to success. I mean, sure, the Broncos defense they're the number one scoring defense in the NFL. You love that. But collectively, with the talent that they had, with the experience that they had, the coaching positions, they simply couldn't get it done. So maybe, maybe this weakness could actually become a strength at some point. I think it could. And I think what's really interesting about it is <clears throat> you look at what, what this coaching staff did, the, the half of them on offense that was in Green Bay over the last handful of years and the other half kind of in, in Los Angeles <laughs> with the Rams. What they were doing is they were working with a lot of Super Bowl caliber and, and MVP caliber players on both sides of the ball, which is really fascinating to me because their head coaches, Sean McVay, and Matt LaFleur, that was they, they stepped into really odd situations, didn't they? They stepped into situations where there was maybe maybe not a ton of pressure for a first-time head coach, but a lot of pressure in the fact that you're coaching guys like, like Aaron Donald and Aaron Rodgers and Jalen Ramsey, and all of a sudden the expectations change dramatically. You're a young first-time head coach coaching the MVP of the NFL. You're a young head coach coaching arguably the best defensive player we'll see over the course of the last 15, 20 years. I think it's really fascinating to see now what Nathaniel Hackett and Ejiro Evero and this new staff are going to be able to do coming into Denver. Obviously, you've got Russell Wilson on one side of the ball, and you've got now, and maybe no, not anybody as big as Aaron Donald defensively, but certainly some stars on that side of the ball with Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, potentially Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory off the edge, Draymond Jones. I think there's definitely some parallels to be drawn there. Yes, is it a weakness from perception-wise, looking from the outside, looking in? Of course, you got a first-time staff. That's basically the polar opposite of what we had before, but I do think there's some benefits of that as well, because we've seen how well these coaches can collaborate with big personalities on the roster, big time superstar caliber players. Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett. I would, I would, you know, 
I would guess that Aaron Donald loves Ejiro Evero, and then they've worked well together in the past, even though Evero wasn't his position coach. My guess is, Cody, that these coaches know how to work with players better than the previous staff because of what you just mentioned. A lot of that experience that they brought to the table led to some rifts between the coaches and the players when it came to collaboration. Well, that's going to be a big difference to kind of follow this upcoming season, especially with the dynamic. And as we've heard from players this offseason, just it's a different energy with this coaching staff, which is a great thing. They say the coaches are more hands on. They're more welcoming in a sense to when players walk in the building. It's not about just ball. It's about, hey, you know, how's the wife? How's the kids? What did you do this weekend? Things like that. Like that stuff right there is important because Sarah, I mean, you know, and just in general human interaction, it's nice to be able to have people that actually care about what's going on in your life outside of just work i think it's an important thing it's camaraderie that's why you and i are such good friends brothers why i appreciate you uh but yeah i think it's an important thing that we're going to continue to follow here but coming up here in just a moment broncos country we're going to get to two other weaknesses that have to do with certain positions on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball you get to that coming up here in just a moment but before we do that let me tell you about the locked on nfl podcast make sure you check it out free and available everywhere you get your podcast or on youtube as they analyze the big trade from yesterday yes Baker Mayfield is now going to Carolina. He is a Panther after the Browns traded him yesterday. What type of impact does this have on the Browns, on the Panthers, and assess the table for their week one regular season matchup? Plus, check out Julian Council on the Lockdown Panthers podcast and Jeff Lloyd on the Lockdown Browns podcast for the local experts' angle on the biggest story of the day, the Lockdown Podcast Network. Jumping into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Once again, thank you so much, Broncos country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Continuing on here with our strengths and weaknesses of this Broncos team heading into the 2022 NFL season. We just talked about the inexperience of the coaching staff being as a perceived weakness for this team coming into the season. But now we're going to get into a little bit of some more positional dynamics here as we close out today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. And Sarah, let's start things off with the linebacker position. Just some question marks. Not necessarily that this is the weakness heading into the season, but this is one of those positions that has a lot of questions because really outside of Josie Jewell, we have an idea who we think will start, but we have no idea who will be the real legitimate starter next to him. And then outside of that, you have a lot of question marks with depth with Alex Singleton, Justin Sternod, Barrington Wade, and some other guys, even some undrafted rookie free agents like Kadofi Wright and Kanai Maga, who are going to be set in the mix to compete for a roster spot as well. So is the linebacker position right now for this Broncos team. As we mentioned, it was hard to really find a lot of weaknesses, but is this one of them? Well, I think it's got to be up there on the, you know, on the list of considerations for sure. I mean, Josie Jewell, we we love the outlaw. I mean, Josie Jewell, he was Absolutely. a hot guy. He's 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 great in my mind, but he he's coming off a pectoral injury that ended his 2021 season after just over a game. So, definitely a question mark there. I mean, we of course believe he's back, fully healthy, ready to go, like he says he is. So there's no reason to think that there's going to be ill effects. But he is coming off of injury, which does raise a little bit of a question mark at the very least and then Jonas Griffith I mean he was outstanding over the last four games of last season but is that going to carry over to this season we hope it does we believe the coaching staff when they say they think it will or potentially could so I think that's that's the thing and then like you mentioned Alex Singleton I, I, I go back to money talks and a lot of these different situations with players on the roster money speaks very, very loudly. And the Broncos gave him less guaranteed money than they gave undrafted rookie Christopher Allen, who's camp coming in from Alabama. So ultimately that could mean absolutely nothing. And maybe they really like Singleton and they just felt like 
hey, we could get a guy at a discounted rate. But then I, I come up with this question again. Why did the Eagles not re-sign him for that that amount if they needed a starter at that position, which they did? So to me, it's just a, a position. And Justin Sternot, obviously, last year kind of effectively got benched, right, for guys that were on the practice squad. So it was just a tough scene last year. And I don't know what Barrington Wade's going to bring to the table. We don't know if any of these undrafted guys can come through. To me, I look at this position group as you're one injury away from being in almost disaster crisis mode because last season it was one trade after another. One, Who was the guy that they were? Oh, Avery Williamson signing him to the practice squad and then yeah. him getting poached away and then bringing him back and then letting him go again. It was just, it was a disaster. You know, multiple trades, poaching Micah Kaiser off the Rams practice squad. Like, I would much rather see that situation get worked out in the preseason or training camp than have to deal with it during the season. I think that's a very good point that you make. You don't want to enter 2022 with questions at one of the more important positions in football, and that is the inside backer position and the depth that is there because we don't want to have another instance of that Cleveland Browns Thursday night game where the Broncos were giving up like 16 yards per rushing attempt to Deertis Johnson, of all people. That was his breakout game. It came against the Broncos, unfortunately. That was a game the Broncos should have won, but, you know, I digress. Let's get to our final weakness on today's episode of the show, and I think a lot of it perception wise here once again solidarity on the offensive line like we don't know really truly what the Broncos starting offensive line will look like maybe minus one or two maybe three positions here but ideally Garrett Bulls locked in we believe Quinn Miners locked in at right guard and you can make the argument Lloyd Cushenberry even though there's going to be some competition probably the odds on favor right now to be the starting center for the Broncos outside of that left guard is wide open right tackle is absolutely wide open right now between three veteran players in your opinion is this an area of weakness for this Broncos team right now well I think it's certainly something that you don't want to be an issue right because that was the one thing I think a lot of fans in Seattle complained about during Russell Wilson's time there was they need an offensive line that can actually protect this guy that can actually keep him upright that can actually be you know consistent and I think the Denver Broncos they've struggled to find consistency at least in the starting lineup like the offensive line for better or worse you know they've gotten they've actually gotten pretty good over the last couple of years with Mike Munchak calling the shots now you got Butch Berry as the offensive line coach you're changing scheme which we think will be favorable to the players but as the Broncos have slowly gotten better on the offensive line the parts just keep on changing don't they I mean it's now a question mark whether Dalton Reisner will be the starting left guard and who's going to start at right tackle I think the sooner you can get that starting lineup solidified the better not just because okay we have a starting five that's that makes it automatically good that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is you want to get that offensive line as much time as possible to gel together as one unit. That's so important. And you hear guys talk about that all the time. And yes, you can rotate guys in and out. You can have competitions. May the best five men win. And I feel like the Broncos have maybe 10, 11 guys that could play in the NFL this year. But it's just figuring out those starting pieces. Who's actually going to be up there? Who's actually going to be protecting Russell Wilson? You got to figure that out sooner than later. These are things that we're all looking forward to having answered at some point, whether it be in training camp, whether it be in preseason, whether it be three or four weeks into the NFL regular season. These are some of the top strengths and weaknesses that we have analyzed ahead of the 2022 NFL season. Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode. Lockdown Broncos available on your favorite podcasting provider. Also on YouTube, make sure if you're tuning into the first time ever, you've just found this podcast, hit that subscribe or that like or that follow button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content coverage, and more every single day 
all year long because for the true fan, there is never an off season. I was doing the Usher thing here on uh, the YouTube thing for people who are watching here. But then outside of that, Sarah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's episode of the show because we're going to be breaking down the top five Broncos on the roster going into the season. This one is going to be a tough one to decide. We may have to do my top five your top five, and maybe sprinkling some Broncos fan responses for their top five as well. We'll choose the best one. So make sure you tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Benninger, at Lockdown Broncos. And we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.